Hey. What? Let's... Don't... Play a game. I'm not gonna do this all night. Come on. I wanna play a game. Stop. I have a lot of notes to get through. Well, maybe you should take a break and play a game. Enough. Hit the music. Let's play a game. They thought they made a horror show. Stirred a curse Be down below One hundred Lunatics What they had built It began To feel One hundred Forever now They must spin The wheel Lunatics Lunatics This is the 100 Lunatics Podcast Where horror lovers and horror haters come together for insights, insults, and information overload. Here's your horror-loving host, Daniel. Thank you. His horror-hating cousin, Nathan. Hi. And returning special guest by request, Chelsea. Hey there. Tonight's movie, Saw. Saw, 2004, contemporary horror classic, one of the last memorable multi-part franchises, original properties. Nathan, Chelsea, how are you? How was your experience with Saw? Uh, Saw was a positive experience, I would say, for the most part. Was this your first time viewing it, either one of you, or is this a return visit? Return visit. Chelsea? Yeah, absolutely. I grew up watching Saw. Yes. I thought this movie might have a special connection with you, and, I th- and, it, and, it, and it does. Am I correct? Yeah. Yes. This is the only franchise that I was alive for from beginning to end and watched as they came out in the theater. Right. You would have been about like 14 or 15 at this time. That would have been irresponsible for me, but yeah. Yeah. I had to sneak into the theater. Sorry, yeah. Mom. This is... This is about as modern as we get. You could argue maybe the franchise of Hatchet. Hopefully one day we'll get into that franchise, Nathan. That's a true gore lovers franchise, but Saw. Very important to the genre. Um, Nathan, Chelsea, I'd like to introduce something here that's been a long time coming. It's something I've thought about for a while. There's nothing that special about it. But when I watch movies on Netflix or any other venue, even in my own collection, and then I try to go on to apps or onto uh, uh, Letterboxd and rate movies that I've seen, I'm not comfortable with the rating systems that are provided for me. They don't seem like they really encapsulate what I experience when I'm watching a movie. Do you guys have this similar problem, or are you fine with the usual one to five star system? Absolutely, I'm with you. I feel lost. Lost? I feel lost when I wander through the the, the world of rating systems and I need it to be defined better for me. And I think, I think that, um, that I know where you're going with this and that you're going to change things forever. It's time. It's time. There's just, how do you define, because if you're trying to look for a movie that is considered good, bad, it's great. It's, it is awful. Technically, objectively, it is a awful movie, but there is something watchable and enjoyable and lovable about it. There's no way, real way to rate that with systems. I've been educated. I've been educated here on 100 Lunatics podcast, Daniel. I've been instructed and told over watching many, many, many horror movies and franchises now with this podcast that there is such a thing as as a negative 
scale or a negative um, evaluation that a movie can be bad and there are degrees of bad and they, there's, there needs to be a way to quantify that. So many, so many times with rating systems out there, it's just, you know, half of a star or one star and it just gets dumped on and there's no elaboration on it. It's, you know, there's no, there's no point at which that, that gets to be evaluated. Right, Nathan. And to me, there's nothing more offensive than a mediocre, forgettable movie. To me, a movie that is objectively bad can be better than a movie that is competent, but is just unnecessary. So, I've got a new system for us to play with. This uh, will help with the horror movies that we review in the future. This is a seven-point system. It goes from positive three to negative three, and zero is included. Zero is technically the worst rating a movie can get. That means that it doesn't even need to exist. Mm. Do you have any examples of an unmemorable movie? Ooh, unmemorable. Something irreforgettable. Um, I know I don't. Well, here, let's let's wait. Let's hear the full scale of what you're presenting to me. I'll try and help out with an example. All right. So there's no need for in between this. I thought you might like this. Someone who likes to be definitive, to make decisions. I thought you might like that there is no half star like ratings in my system. Three is great. Two is good. One is barely, you might consider it passable, acceptable, won't kill you, but you probably won't recommend it either. Zero, doesn't need to exist. Then, negative scale, one to three. Same thing, barely bad, good bad, great bad. Movies can be bad, they can be enjoyable, this system incorporates that, so all you want to do is avoid being that horrible, horrible, pathetic zero. So, let's be clear, great, good, barely unnecessary barely bad good bad great bad do i have it exactly thank you okay then i would say a good example would be taken was good taken two was barely and taken three was unnecessary wow hey yeah i wasn't expecting that but that's a good breakdown that is exactly right i mean you could say taken two was unnecessary as well so you, you could go that way but i'm just trying to provide an example Right, but if not if not a one, then maybe a negative one. Was it bad enough to be good in that direction? But I agree with you, Taken 3, unnecessary. We didn't need it. You could do it that way. You could say Taken was good, Taken 2 was unnecessary, and Taken 3 was barely bad. <laughs> <laughs> you can, see, this is this allows for flexibility. We're not, and we're not putting this in stone, right? This is, uh, this is a new system. We're willing to be malleable to future conflicts and issues, right, Daniel? Oh, absolutely. This will require some experimentation. Okay. Some adaptability. And uh, putting it forth, I'm hoping, guys, did you bring with you your initial rating for Saw? I did. You did. Chelsea? Yep. Is this news to you, or are you prepared to make a decision on the fly? I'm going to go second. Okay. (laughs) Or third. Or third. (laughs) Or third. Let's make it third. Okay. Okay. Ladies last, as they say. Um, Nathan? Saw receives a one rating from me as barely. A barely. A barely. Okay. Still in the positive range. So there's some respect to be given. A little bit of respect. I feel that Saw is overrated. And we're going to get into that, I'm sure, in further detail throughout the podcast. Okay, perfect. And the purpose of giving the rating at the beginning and then hopefully at the end as well is that sometimes these walkthroughs can change opinions. Let's see if that happens. Myself, 
I'm going to start a little bit strong, at least stronger than Nathan. I give Saw two stars good. Chelsea? I'm with you, Daniel. I think a good rating is the two stars. Um, I don't like that we're referring to it as stars. Okay, let's remove the stars. Let's say... Because you're going to have to say negative stars. Right. I think it's just a minus two plus two or whatever. Or just good. Yeah, this, this, this is a good movie. It is good, and it's necessary for the franchise to exist, so... I agree mm. with that. There is a lot to be said about Saw, way more than I expected for there to be said about Saw. When I saw this movie in the theaters... Um, Wait, when you saw Saw? <laughs> when I saw Saw. And I remember thinking that exact <laughs> oh, joke when I saw Saw. <laughs> oh, fuck. Still good. Uh, it's Still never going to get old. It's never going to get old. Never going to get old. Actually, I saw this movie with my brother, and... The reason I bring him up is that hopefully in the future he can come on the podcast and confirm this story. But Chelsea, you might appreciate this. When I saw Saw in the theater, (laughs) oh my God, I'm going to feel like an idiot saying that over and over again. When I watched this movie in the theater with my brother, it was was pretty packed. We got a good seat. We're about the middle, maybe down lower than we wanted to be. Um, Lights turned off. Previews started, flickered on. And then from the emergency exit, it opened up. Out came a person in a wheelchair, an elderly, like, nurse-looking woman, and then this very scrawny, lanky person on this weird-looking tricycle. And together, they all slowly walked in from the emergency exit, squeaking along on this bizarre-looking tricycle. And my brother and I clutched our chest because we thought we were part of some bizarre, like, pre-movie prank or, like, marketing scheme or something. And we waited for five minutes for this thing to explode into that. And it really just turned out it just was just a stroke of luck. It was just this poor bastard that had this like medicinal tricycle, just wanted to come and watch a horror movie in the middle of the day. <laughs> and that's all that it was. It was nothing else. But the whole theater, we look, we were looking behind us. The whole audience was looking at this thing progress like, what's about to go down? Nothing. Nothing. We're all just horrible people. <laughs> that's amazing. Oh, man. I would have been with you 100%. In fact, I still think that it was a subtle prank. Maybe. (laughs) Maybe. Maybe we're in a commercial, like in a trailer somewhere where it just shows our like night vision camera recording of our reactions to the movie. Mm -hmm. In some country across the ocean somewhere. You're Mm, famous. He's got other shit in the garage, like a unicycle and other other shit. Yeah, maybe. Just like picks out the tricycle. (laughs) Perfect. I probably would never have seen Saw if that happened to me. I just would have up and left. Like, nope, fuck this. That's good. It's That's not enough. Worth it. I saw the trailers. <laughs> now it's time <laughs> to play a up. game. Yep. No, I get it. Yeah. So what? So what do we need to know about Saw? Nathan, Chelsea. Uh, I will tell you some things we need to know about Saw. Number one, it is the first movie in a mega franchise that lasted for seven movies. It is also one of the most financially um, successful franchises in horror movie history. Absolutely. And that's a that's a big deal because there's been some pretty hefty franchises in the past that have extended beyond seven movies. So for Saw to establish itself as one of the most financially, you know, conquering franchises, that's that's a big deal. Oh, this is this this like shatters things. We've done lots of horror movies, and these this is the reason that uh, 
film distributors or producers even bother with horror movies that they can usually turn 1 million into 3 million, or 2 million into 10 million. There's usually a pretty wide profit margin to be had, but it stays around those numbers. This one blows that out of the water. I like to say that Saw defined the 10 million rule. There's a, there's a $10 million rule now where once a horror franchise establishes itself, it gets an automatic $10 million budget for every consecutive sequel. Ooh, and okay, that's, yeah. that's uh, I've looked up the numbers on Saw for, for most of the movies. I may, be, I may be inaccurate on one or two of them, but uh, like first movie had 1.2 million budget and every consecutive sequel had a flat 10 million, almost like it was a formula that was created by Saw. Oh, yes. This movie, this franchise will uh, have, not only does it have things thrown at it throughout, it had a very significant beginning that happened from nothing. Nathan, Chelsea, in 2001, two fresh young filmmakers tried to shop around their low-budget horror movie in Australia, James Wan and Lee Wanley, later to be known for Nathan Death Sentence with Kevin Bacon, Dead Silence, uh, that was kind of a failure, Insidious, very popular, Conjuring, and even Furious 7. No way. Uh, yeah, well, James Wan directed Furious 7. Was was Lee involved in Furious 7? Um, but no, I don't think he was involved in Furious 7. They, they share many projects, though, which is why I didn't bother to break them down. Okay, what about Sinister? Is that them, too? I don't know if Sinister is them. Definitely Insidious and Conjuring. Furious 7 is James Wan wanting to make his way out of the horror bracket. He died. I don't think he he, he doesn't want to be stuck there, so he's trying to leave it. Um, they're looking for funding. They can't get any funding whatsoever. No one in Australia is interested in a movie about two dudes chained up in a room, uh, victims of some torture game of a serial killer. So they end up taking their script. They make a short movie out of it for five grand of their own money. They take all of that down to the States. After shopping it around for a little bit in the States and ignoring some offers that didn't give them the creative freedom that they wanted, they eventually landed with Evolution Entertainment, who created an entire horror division of their own company called Twisted Pictures just for this movie, gave them $1.2 million and a month to finish it. Wow. Yeah, we were looking up some information about Saw before this podcast and were shocked to find out that they filmed this motherfucker in 18 days. 18 days. That means yeah. that they they had they barely had the chance to take two takes of scenes. They had no rehearsal time. Almost everything you see in the final edit of the, uh, the final edit of this film is basically a rehearsal take. Yeah, we read that and we also found out that they initially had intended this movie to be straight to video which just kind of blows my mind because uh the only reason why this movie ever saw a theater <laughs> saw a theater i'm, mm -hmm. gonna, I'm gonna just i'm yeah. not gonna be able to deal with that this <laughs> um but the only reason why this movie made it to theaters is because it screened so well that you know it was a decision made after the fact so it's almost like the entire saw franchise exists because the movie was good enough and and uh, had a had a pivotal moment where you know some studio exec made a decision that gave it the life that it ended up having i i, I just find the whole thing fascinating for it to be designed for straight to video and for it to end up becoming a phenomenon 
Right. It's a bizarre, good enough uh, scenario. And Nathan, how do you pronounce Princess Bride's Carrie L... Wesley. What? I pronounce it... Yes, Wesley, but Elwes? (laughs) Elways? Elwes. Els. I pronounce it Carrie Elwes. Carrie Elwes. Yeah. Yes. Let's call him Wesley. Sure. They get Wesley from Princess Bride, Danny Glover from Lethal Weapon, Shawnee Smith... Tobin Bell to play Jigsaw. They pull all their shit together. You're right. You already mentioned it. 18 days of filming to get everything that they need. Then they took still shots and used creative, raw, aggressive editing techniques to cover up the transitions and blur some of the uh, unseemly parts of the movie. And for by forfeiting their payment for this movie and accepting a 25% cut of ownership... They made a $1.2 million movie into a $103. million mega underdog for a almost 9,000% profit. Or Nathan, how about the Rotten Tomato scoring on this? There is a perfect mirror. I don't know if you took a look. This is a 48% critics, 84% users. Mm. That's, a big, mm. that's a big gap. That's a, that, that is cult classic numbers. Yeah, this is a trend in horror that I don't think because the the tomato meter. If if I can do a shout out to our other podcast, the Trailer Park Podcast, I feel like the tomato meter is more in line with uh, Trailer Park Podcast, where you have to choose worried or excited, right? Right. You have to choose one way or another way, and that's what these critics do. So this is they have to walk out and say whether they were they had a negative experience or a positive experience. Uh, the audience score would suggest that this is bordering, this is good bordering on great. It is. People are thirsty for a new horror franchise icon, and Jigsaw resonates with the era that it's born in. This is not your uh, mute, masked killer. This is a man who is using moral righteousness to put people in scenarios where he wants them to survive. He's putting everything against them so that they have to pull something from the very core of their being just to live. But he wants them to live. He's not aiming to kill them, just aiming to put them through such a test that it is better to, uh, you know, survive with with uh, being maimed than to die and be pathetic. Okay, well, let's be clear right now. Okay, because I don't, I don't like this painting jigsaw as a you know patriot of humanity type bullshit because the man's a fucking crazy person (laughs) right let's let's get down to brass tacks well and even i have a few qualms with um how some of these games are played out oh so do i'm sure we'll get to that later yeah i I do too i'm gonna be fair all right He's so, he's such a depth-filled character. Fuck off. He's no. a fucking crazy person. He's a psycho. <laughs> but, they, but they put logic behind it. They make you feel a little empathy towards the character, even though he's a serial An murderer. Empathy towards a guy that makes people do that sick shit? Like, okay, no. If anything, if you're going to paint him with that brush of, like, he's trying to teach people to appreciate life it's brush. moral dilemma. If you're going to paint that brush, then you also have to say he's a petty fucking bitch because holy shit, he's going to some serious fucking lengths to make people appreciate life. He's he's got a he's got a fucking he's got something up his ass about 
about okay. this shit. Okay, Nathan, there will we will come across some inconsistencies, but I have to say that as far as horror franchises go, you you saw some of the <laughs> desperate stitching together that Friday the 13th and Nightmare on Elm Street took to make all the sequels come together into some sort of cohesive whole. Oh, Saw no. tries harder than any other horror franchise to stay true to itself. So Ladies when it when it wavers, know that it doesn't really want to. Okay. I relent, all right? I am the horror hater. So I I will say to you that Saw is on the positive end of the rating scale here, okay? Like that's a big deal for me to to say that a horror movie and a horror franchise like this ends up on the positive scale. Hey, gets a barely. Are you saying that most movies from here forward are going to be zeros? <laughs> I'm going to say that horror movies in general, you brought up Friday the 13th. Yeah, I would say that several of the installments of Friday the 13th would would land in the unnecessary category. <laughs> no. But Mm-mm. some of them would also be flirting with this new understanding, right? I would say that the Nathan that first arrived at the 100 Lunatics podcast would have rated them all as unnecessary. Where Andrew but, currently is. Right, where Andrew currently is. But the but the Nathan now would flirt with the negative twos and the negative ones uh, for a lot of those. I would say that Jason X and uh, Jason Takes Manhattan would possibly be minus two flirting with minus three so i I understand the rating system i understand i need to appreciate bad from bad's perspective so i'm so appreciative of what you've done for our our, relationship relationship. (laughs) go ahead and tap the table (laughs) all right well with that said let's go ahead let's get into it I want to talk about this movie. It seems very simple on the surface. Two guys stuck in a room. How do they get in there? How do they get out of there? What do they have to do to get out of there? But as we learn through this hour and 50 minute long movie, there's a lot more going on underneath the surface. But we are brought right into the action. What is happening from the very beginning? What is a very weird way for a character to wake up? Would it be mm. underwater? That would be um, unrealistic. It concerned me a little bit. It is a weird way to go. That means that you know that this situation, you know, not knowing anything else about what's going on, you know that in this dark room, this person has been placed in this bathtub under the water to then wake up and like figure out what's happening to them. But Where this they- shit is always so easily negated by horror fans. You say, that's not realistic to be asleep underwater or to be placed underwater asleep and they'll say oh well he was sedated and you'll no, say no, no. you'll say no we didn't see him get sedated and they'll say well he obviously sedated him but you still breathe when you're sedated you would like you'd put you underwater and you would go <laughs> 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 that's true yeah you would unconsciously breathe in the water that's true no i think this, this, was, is, this was this very was... clever why because i feel like Oh, wait, no, that doesn't work. What were you thinking? I was thinking that it's a kind of shout out to the end of the movie where you discover, can I spoil it? This is should be known information, right? Yeah, this is widely known. Plus, we go through everything in these movies. So, All yeah, right, spoil right, we're, going, we're going there anyway. We're going there anyways. Because Jigsaw is in the room with them in the end, you could surmise that 
he placed them him underwater to get the ball rolling and went and laid down in the middle of the room. Yes, and maybe he was quick about it. And that's about as far of the expl- as of the explanation as you can go. Cause... However, Wesley is awake when he wakes up and has already been surveying the area. So Yes, so we had to have placed him under there for at least a little while. And that brings up yeah. a, that brings up a couple of other concerns, which is we see that some glowing important thing goes down the drain. Mm-hmm. when uh, Adam kicks the plug out of the bathtub and the water starts going down. That's, that's what sort of wakes him up in the first place. So we see, we see an important item go down the drain. Then we learn that once he gets out of the bathtub that the other person in the room, Dr. Gordon, is already awake and has already tried many things, like screaming out for help. Right. Yet, two, two things. One, when Adam try, tells him to try turning lights on, they there are some lights to turn on instantly. So he didn't try very hard to look around where he was. And mm-hmm. two... What if that thing hadn't have gone down the drain? What if he'd woken up and been like, "Oh, here's the key." <laughs> yeah, this shit this shit not 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 just in saw, but in all movies where they have a complex um devised plan in place by some scheming individual. Um yeah, there's a, there's a lot of details that need to go the right way and to just, you know, stand on your high horse and say you planned it out perfectly and executed it that's who jigsaw is right he makes all these crazy fucking plans and executes them oh he, so, yeah, he's like so, 10 steps ahead of the game I, I don't know i think you know especially with a horror movie you can't focus too much on poking holes you have to just accept it as it's happening because you know if any genres got a whole bunch of shit that you can poke holes in it's horror so you just gotta yeah let it be you gotta let it be and just say okay well they, it, this isn't about that they weren't thinking about it that way from a filming perspective, from a director-writer perspective, they were they were trying to shock you as an audience into the scene, right? Right. So let's 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 amp it up. Let's make it, you know, like underwater, like gasp, like boom. Let's you know, let let's fire the gun and 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 uh, sprint off the starting block. You know, that's that's what this is. It's it's a strategic, divisive, cinematic decision. It is not meant to be criticized this way. Nathan, look at you defending this movie from me. Well, tears. I also want to point out, there I wish tears. I had said two so that I could drop this to a one. Because I just realized that at a one, I can't really drop it to a zero. That's right. You, know, you, you, know, you cannot drop it. I don't think that you will drop it. Because you're right. We shouldn't be investigating too hard. It is a tense way to start everything. He can't breathe. He wakes up. He gets out. Doesn't know where he is. Now... Chelsea, I'm going to come back to you frequently throughout this podcast because <laughs> because you watched this at a young, impressionable age. When you first saw Saw. Uh, uh, yes. <sighs> yes. When you first watched this movie. Every time that happens. Oh, it's not a very good cheers. Oh, no. <laughs> How about this? How does this sound? <laughs> <laughs> Sounds Just, like a You giant. can come to me. I've got better ones than that. Um, uh, every time we do Saw Saw, something's going to happen. I when I first saw this in the theater, I remember thinking, I love what they're going for here, and there is some terrible, terrible acting. <laughs> yep. Actually, only watching it today did I recognize be trying to be critical of it, did I recognize how terrible some of the transitions were and how questionable the acting was. But when I watched it at the impressionable age of fourteen, I was all in. I was wincing under my sweater. I was shocked at the twist ending. I didn't question anything. The only thing I did was try and plan as to whether or 
I tried to plan out if this ever happened to me, if I ever woke up in a bathtub, I'd be like, okay, look for a key. Well, can you even do that? I want to say that, and this may be a point that should be made later on in the walkthrough, but the end of this movie, the twist, um, the sawing off of the leg, like there's some serious fucking shit that goes down at the end of this movie. And that event of cutting off his fucking leg mm -hmm. and Jigsaw standing up. Epic. Those events are so epic that it, that it disseminates across all of the details that happened up to this. You know, even the most critical of a person was probably, you know, 50 to 60% in. And that moment disseminates across the entire movie and makes you think after the fact that a lot of that lead up is better than it really was. And it's not that good. There are holes. There is weak acting. There are problems with this movie. But the idea and the concept which which you know exploded into a franchise you know that that concept and that idea is what disseminated across i everything. agree though does that is that shocking no it's not shocking because i also agree i think that part of the charm of saw is that it is raw that you can tell that there is passion with low budget you can see it they had mm -hmm. something to say, so when they have to cut corners or use takes that they probably didn't want to, you're okay with it because you agree with the overall message. And with the added factor of having the lead writer also be one of the lead actors, you just have a lot of moments where, where things seem a little rusty. Ah! Someone help me! <laughs> Someone help me! <laughs> he wrote the movie. Right. He wrote the movie, the screenplay. It's got to be harder than anyone else to buy into the lines and deliver them honestly in the moment as a screenwriter. You know what I mean? That's got to be tough. Yes. Especially in like a non-established actor like that. I mean, it's different when you've been a Hollywood movie star for 20 years and you've, you know, lived, breathed and, but he, and eaten acting your whole life and then you go to write a movie. That's different. But he's not unfamiliar. This is his main like writing feature debut but he's been in random television shows for many years up until this point fair enough but i'm just saying when you've written the words you've edited the words you've read it a dozen million times these these lines are you know just old and stale to you so to breathe life into them is a tough thing to do you're right let's give them some leeway so let's set up the room here what do we have we have two men chained to a wall they've turned the lights on now dr gordon and adam have met each other there is a dead man laying stomach down in the middle of the room with a gun in one hand and a tape recorder in the other what do they do all they have is their clothing and then the the chained plug from the bathtub which adam eventually has to use to hook in the tape recorder because in each of their pockets, they have found an envelope, Adam just with a tape that says, play me, and Dr. Gordon with a tape, a key, and a... Bullet. Bullet. Thank you. You're welcome. Which already tells us that there's something more to be expected from Dr. Gordon. Mm-hmm. But once they play the tape, Adam is proven to be, what, just some apathetic voyeur dude? But what was, what was interesting to me when they play Dr. Gordon's tape is that if you were sitting there in front of your computer, your jigsaw, imagine your jigsaw for a second, you're putting together these tapes that you're <laughs> going to put in this trap, do you include the part the where you sound weak? You shoot yourself. There are ways to win this. 
I don't know why it was so funny to me that he includes the part where he's coughing. If you have the freedom to edit, wouldn't you edit out yourself coughing? Must have been in a hurry, right? That's an interesting point. Again, a cinematic-driven decision to bring the fact that it, it's your it's your guys' whole sympathy for the devil bullshit. You know, like he's sick, he's got a tumor, so he's he's his whole driving purpose is to teach people what it means to be alive because he's a self-righteous fucking psychopath. Okay. And it if you and if you're setting up this elaborate trap where all these things have to go right to play out, what if Dr. Gordon had never been smart enough to notice that there was a whispered secret clue at the end of his tape? Would that mean they just would have sat there for like eight hours like idiots and not know what was happening until eventually the wall started ringing? I don't like the whole, you're a surgeon, so you're intelligent about everything thing. I don't really buy into that. Like, you're a surgeon, so you notice little details about everything going on and no, very intelligent. No, that's a comment on his personality, and that's fine, whatever. But as far as the whispered secret on the end, wasn't it follow your heart, not the X marks the spot? Right, it was follow your heart, which right. which gives them, they start looking around the, the room for a heart, right? They find a drawn heart on a filthy toilet. Mm-hmm. And, and let's let's... Let's understand here that that heart is closer to the lid of the tank than it is to the shit-filled bowl. Yeah, when that dude starts <laughs> digging in the toilet, I'm like... So just just from a logical standpoint, if the heart is drawn closer <laughs> to the lid of the tank and not closer to the bowl, <laughs> your first decision, Daniel, would be... Where would you look in the toilet first? Nathan, if you and I, say you and I were locked in this room together and I was Adam, I would have checked the tank and then I would have been looking behind the toilet <laughs> and then trying to like unscrew the rivets from the bottom of the toilet. And you would have been like, okay, Daniel, just check in the toilet. I'm like, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> let, me, let, me, let, me, let me look around a little more. You're chained in a dirty bathroom by a psychopath. You're still trying to avoid putting your hand in shit, right? <laughs> right. Right. It might if be the I only thing. I was in thing. this room with you, Daniel, and I was on that side of the room, and we discovered that the heart led us to the toilet, I would not be putting my hand in shit. At all? I would be taking off my shirt. <laughs> yeah, used your and shirt. using it. If, it. if it came to that. If I lifted up the, the lid, and there was nothing, and I looked behind the toilet like Daniel was saying, and there's nothing, looked around the toilet, <laughs> yeah. I would then take off my shirt, and use it to help me not get shit all over my hand. You'd get shit. I... Or, or I would put my hand in the shit, you know, decipher whether anything was in there, pull it out, take off my jacket, and wipe the shit off of my hand. The, yes. That's... He gets it off in a different way, though. Does he? By but letting do it watch dry? Him clean himself somehow? Sorry, Daniel? By letting it dry? I never no. noticed him do anything. <laughs> no, he. It's something with the bathtub. There's a there's a scene right after where he puts his hand in the bathtub and half of the shit is gone. I don't know about the other half, but yeah, well, yeah, no, you, you're might right. Be a continuity error. No, you're right. He does. He once he figures out that it's not in the shit laden bowl <laughs> and that it's instead in the tank in a nice clean plastic bag and that there's two hacksaws in there. He does surreptitiously throw whatever's left in the bag into the bathtub. I don't think he washes his hands, because that thing, I, I was watching, it stays a different color from his other hand the rest of the movie. It's disgusting. It's, it's uh, I, I'm, I'm gonna, well, that's good continuity, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna coin a new 
phrase on on 100 lunatics tonight okay <laughs> um it's called gping 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 uh it stands for gratuitous padding um... gratuitous padding that's what it is for the heart to be closer to the lid and for the character to decide dum de dum plunge your hand no. into the shit bowl that's gratuitous padding they address is, it no it's gping it's what it is is it's to gross the audience out it's to add to the gratuitous nonsense that horror movies subscribe to it is gratuitous padding I th- he, G- he gp'd the toilet bowl you're you're half right it, it's it's a marker it's a levity marker they've had enough tension they have to lighten it up a little bit so that they can rebuild again is the heart drawn in shit or drawn through shit. The heart yeah. is actually white. It's like drawn oh, into shit laden tank. Yeah. yeah. Um, shit laden tank. <laughs> who, who drew it? <laughs> Jigsaw is a filthy motherfucker. Look at him. <laughs> Look at him on the floor. He's he's got no limits. Yeah, yeah. You have he's, to assume it was Jigsaw. Yeah. He's a driven purpose man. Or maybe he taped somebody. Maybe he. Uh, maybe he. <laughs> This is a game. That was their test. This is a game. If you if you go into this bathroom and stick your hand in this shit and draw a heart with it, and you, you succeed, get you get to live. Uh, this or, is the game. Or it could just been him, just like through shit you will know love. Yeah, with a yellow with a yellow kitchen glove that he he tossed outside the room in the corner before he closed the door. How many of us wish that they could just take a nice comfortable shit? And you're wasting your life. <laughs> it's it's his shit, and then he made somebody do it. Oh, that'd be perfect. I bet that's what it is. There it is. He's giggling on the ground, hoping they don't see him breathe. He's like, <laughs> yeah, he's got he's got ass cancer too. It's all like bloody stool. There it is. <laughs> so with the hacksaws, they try to cut through their chains. No luck. Hacksaws are not tough enough for that, especially Adams, which breaks. And then he throws against the mirror in the room out of frustration and knocks a piece loose. We, as the audience, see there's something more there, but he doesn't notice right away. And Dr. Gordon, there he comes to the realization that these saws aren't for the chains. They're for Chelsea. His leg. Flesh. Exactly. At which point, 14-year-old Chelsea decides that she would start trying to saw her leg off immediately. Is, is that what you would have done in this scenario? Let, mm-hmm. let, let's take a moment here and talk about this. So, Chelsea, sure. you, you right away, the second you saw the saw on the bag and, the, mm-hmm. and your foot chained to the wall, you would know what it was for and you'd go yeah. after it. Yeah. Right away. Because you know that there's probably no benefit to waiting. I... <laughs> <laughs> I would surmise that it's only going to get worse from here and that I need to... I don't know much about human anatomy, so I would have to assume that it'd be quite difficult to saw your foot off and that you have to account for delays such as passing out to pain. You've got a strict time limit. You know, you got to start early. Chelsea, when I when I write my slasher movie, I will I will come to you for my hair for advice on my heroine. And I want her to make all the decisions that you make instantaneously (laughs) so that I have to fight to figure out how to kill her. That's my actual only complaint with this movie is that I wish he would saw his foot off sooner. Imagine how terrified Adam would be if Dr. Gordon just like grabbed the saw and was like, oh, I know what this is for, and just went to task on his leg. (laughs) This isn't for the chain. This is for my flesh. Voopa, voopa, voopa. (laughs) 
<laughs> just instantly. Oh my god. Nathan, what would you do? I would die from starvation and malnutrition and my family <laughs> would die whatever it is that's going on outside the room before I would even touch that rusty blade to my skin. Uh, you wouldn't even try it out? You wouldn't even break skin? No, thank you. I will just sit here and die. What a pussy. I'll just pout in the corner, cross my legs, and be like, man, eh, your game's stupid. I'm just gonna die. <laughs> No, no one, good game there, bud. No one makes me cut off my own you leg. Give shit. I'm not cutting shit off. I'm thinking, it's not my fault. I'm not going to f- carry guilt with it either. It's like, hey, you kidnapped my family. You put me in this fucked up room. You're a fucking psychopath. I guess I'm dead. I hope something happens to change my fate, but I'm not going to saw my fucking foot off. Are you fucking kidding me? Oh, That's I... ridiculous. I'm going to have to think about it. I'm going to have to fucking cut off. I'm going to have to saw through nerve endings, bone. What do you no. think? What do you guys no. think? Like half no. an hour to saw through your no. bone? No. They speed it up and saw, they must. I've seen 127 hours. I saw him pull on that nerve string. Fuck you. It's not happening. <laughs> no, longer than like 10, 12 minutes, you're, you're done. You're, you're done just from shock. Right. So you've got to account for that. Mm-hmm. And the, Time. The, loss. The best way is to... Cut through all the flesh about 50% of the way through until you hit bone, then leverage it against something and break through your bone and then Smart. and then tear away the remaining flesh. Totally. That's totally the way you would do it. But again, I, I reiterate that I would not be doing that. I and tried- the only person that that's why I kind of appreciate their decision to make Dr. Gordon a surgeon, because if anyone knows how to cut something off. It'd it be, be him. him. He's exactly. got great form at the end. I'm sure we'll talk about that. Oh, we will definitely be talking about <laughs> post-amputation Dr. Gordon and his beautiful pasty face. Um, at this point, he still has his leg. No one's cutting their leg off right now. Right. We're all good. We're actually going to learn a bit more about this story. We're going to go into a flashback. Nathan, Chelsea, we're going to go into flashbacks within flashbacks. My favorite kind. This movie has a very bizarre way of going about telling its backstory. To where you leave certain other parts of the story alone for so long that you forget that they're the main part of the story. Like, we eventually leave Dr. Gordon and Adam in this room for a long time to go investigate who Jigsaw actually is. He's a serial killer that's been existing outside of this room for a significant amount of time. He just happens to be tied to Dr. Gordon that he once was a patient of his because he has an inoperable frontal lobe brain tumor. But in his off time... He's setting up elaborate traps where he's teaching people to respect the life that they've been given. And through that, we come into contact with Detective Tap, played by Danny Glover. Detective Singh. Even Detective Carey, who seems like nothing now, but will come back again and again and again <laughs> throughout the franchise. Um, we get to see some of the previous Jigsaw victims. And Chelsea, here's where I think you and I might come to terms on something. I remember you saying that you had some issues with the fairness of Jigsaw's traps. Yeah. Yeah. I have some issue, too. I'm with him in the whole let's get people to respect themselves or, you know, be grateful for their life or whatever. But it seems like some people get off without having to do much and others have no chance at all. Right. And I think the one, the example from this movie is the heroine that survives the drug addict. Are we there yet? Yes, we're, we're there. Yeah, go for it. 
where she has to cut into a victim's stomach who has no chance of surviving. He was just selected to pretty much either live or die by her hand. Right. Yeah, we have the character Amanda. Amanda. Who has the the part I remember most from watching the trailers, the like reverse bear trap helmet thing, mm-hmm. which is horrifying. I think that just I think the the visual of that trap alone and what it does when it activates I think that is what instantly gave Saw this torture porn legacy, which I think from watching this first Saw movie, I don't think that it's justified. It's very tame compared to the torture porn legacy that this franchise has. Yeah, it definitely eases me into it, which, you know, kind of fostered my love for the Saw franchise. Yeah, this is a simple tale, just like the origins of most franchises. Friday Mm -hmm. the 13th, we don't even have Jason. It's his mother running around. Nightmare on Elm Street, all he's trying to do is get into contact with one particular girl and everyone else is getting in the way. Simple stories start these intense, intense, long legacies and franchises. And Saw is no different. I would argue that Saw did better out of the gate in understanding what its identity was. Yes, Because, like you say, Friday the 13th stumbled around for like two movies before it understood what it was in terms of its audience and saw pretty much defined that in the first movie. And I think they kind of evaluated probably the feedback and punctuated the part of it that had the most response. Absolutely. Yeah. If if there is ever a, a horror franchise that listened to its criticisms, I would say it was this one for sure. And... We get Amanda with the reverse bear trap. She has 60 seconds, which you could argue in this movie comes across as like five minutes. (laughs) But she wakes up. She's got this trap on her head. Let's let's be fair, though. Digging around in someone's intestines for 60 seconds would feel like five minutes. Oh, yes. You can bring up the whole relativity term. That's disgusting. Intestines are disgusting. Yes. Fumbling around with them with your fingers is even more disgusting. And that is going to feel like a lifetime of intestinal fumbling fuckery. Can we call them entrails? No. Yes. (laughs) We may not call them entrails. We can call them entrails. We can call them guts. (laughs) And she has to do that. But she hears the whole, because the fascination with Jigsaw is that he puts people into scenarios in which then they are forced to kill themselves. So that even though he's being hunted down as the serial killer predator, he's never technically murdering anyone directly. And so with her, she wakes up with the bear, the reverse bear trap helmet on, the video comes on, which will become a very strong staple of the series moving forth, this uh, doll on a tricycle telling the person what they need to know and about the game they're about to play. And she has to get this helmet off or else her skull will explode. And when she stands up, it triggers a release wire that activates a 60-second timer. And she has to get this key out of her dead cellmate's guts. But her cellmate isn't dead. It's... He's alive. (laughs) Would would you guys kill him like she did? Um, I don't know that you have much choice at that moment, Daniel, really. I mean... That's what makes it great. That's what makes it's, it almost a would-you-rather situation. It's like she she was given the terms, right? And then she panicked, stood up, initiated the timer. That's got to be a son of a bitch. She lost like a good five seconds just realizing 
what had just happened. Like, oh, fuck, if I hadn't stood up, I wouldn't have started the timer. She panicked and started fumbling at the lock, like, oh, my God, this is fucking, like, more intense than I thought it was going to be. So it sent her into, like, an overdrive of, of panic mode. And at that point, yeah, no, you're in. You're in all the way. You've got zero time to make a decision. You just, you know, your, your survival instincts probably take over and you just, you know. It's it's kill or be killed. Carve into someone's guts and uh, and go to town. Again, the use of the word entrails. <laughs> not, I, I would suggest that both of you are GPing this podcast. If that's, <laughs> if that's what you're going to do. It's garbage. I think entrails is appropriate. It is the goriest scene in the movie. And she survives. Not only does she survive, <laughs> not only does does she survive this character Amanda, what I find so fascinating about their inclusion of this into the movie is that when you are setting up a horror movie for a sequel, you don't really even bother to include any sort of leftover cliffhanger bullshit until the last five minutes of the movie. I would argue that them showing how Amanda is sort of captivated with Jigsaw, that she's happy this thing happened to her, that she is thankful she was forced to go through this traumatic experience because mm. it gave her a new perspective on life. I would argue this is the part that signifies a sequel more than anything else, and it's just buried in here in, in the middle. That may be true, but I didn't like how she was affected. I didn't like that scene. You didn't like that at all? You didn't like her being on board? It's It's there to give validity to his purpose in terms of making people value their lives first of all she was miscast she doesn't look like a drug addict she looks way too hot and beautiful to be a to be a drug addict so that's totally un, un, un I don't but buy it at all when she was in the game yeah she looked like a drug addict she had way too much makeup on it was running down her face she was just kind of hoary Mm, they could have gone. I mean, especially with a movie this low budget. Well, let, let's let's talk about the other two victims in this flashback scene as we're learning more about Jigsaw. There is also the man who gets caught in the razor wire. Remember him? Mm-hmm. Fatty. Yeah, Fatty. He wanted to kill himself. <laughs> I guess Jigsaw was just randomly surveying some guy, some suicidal fat guy. Catches him trying to kill himself, but doesn't put his whole heart into it. It's just sort of an attention call out. So then he puts him in this dungeon scenario where he has to crawl his way through razor wire to escape this tomb before it closes. Or if he really wants to kill himself, just sit there and die. I think we know from Nathan's earlier answer that he would just sit there and die. Um, this Chelsea? One kind of, this one offends me because someone who is trying to teach someone to love life doesn't put somebody who's suicidal in this situation. That's that's. I, I like this one. Shit. I like this one because it is harsh. It's like if you want to die, then just fucking do it. Just do it. Don't take a bunch of pills. Just fucking kill yourself. I'm actually on board with this one. I have more issue with the next one. Do you remember what the next one is? I can hear you guys whispering. Fire. Yes. Oh, yeah. It is the man trapped in a room. There is a safe that holds the key to the locked door, I guess. But on the wall is just random scribblings of numbers, and then on the floor is broken glass. He's covered in flammable jelly, and he has to use a shaky candle to go across the room and figure out from these random numbers what the key to the safe is? Yeah, there's no way you're getting out of that one. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's the one I have issue with. There's no fair way out of that. You just try shit until it works. There's no, Mm -hmm. like... 
oh, if I focus on my weakness in life, I can figure this out. <laughs> yeah, Big Brother would have given you more clues. No shit. How that... to figure out which numbers mean something. There was there was no basis for which number had, you know, there was no calculation. There was just random. It was a roll of the dice. Well, and another thing that Nathan and I read on the internet was that all of these flashbacks were based on dreams that they had when they were children. Ah. And I'm sorry. That's that's why it took James one, what, 15 years to, to decide to do it for Furious 7? <laughs> what really? fucking child dreams that they're covered in flammable jelly on glass trying to decipher a code? I'm sure that there's room for elaboration. I was arguing to Chelsea that... The reason why they're having these nightmares is because they're entertaining all of these thoughts while they're conscious. They're just twisted little fucks as children thinking up this fucking wild shit. And then when they go to sleep, it haunts them in their dreams. (laughs) I think Danny Glover said it best. You are, in fact, a drug addict. Yes. (laughs) That was a shitty written scene. Yo, you didn't... There was... He's got this hard on. He just decides that, you know, Gordon's responsible. And he's like sitting there just like baiting and taunting this poor woman while he's staring over at him. He's, I don't know. His character is just written terribly. And he's, there... and he's gross. Would you trust Danny Glover to interrogate you about like a potential rape situation? What happened after you took it off? Yeah, there's something wrong with the way he delivers everything in this movie. And Nathan, well, he did he did get discharged from the from the police service, so they made the correct decision with his termination. Oh, he did. While we're stuck in this flashbacks within flashbacks scenario, we learn that Doctor Gordon is actually the main suspect in all of this. Is there any basis for that? Yes, at one of the crime scenes, they find a hole in the wall. So they know that someone was watching. They go investigate the other side of the wall. They find one of Dr. Gordon's, like, office l- flashlight pens. So they assume that he's there watching all these things play out. So that's why Detective Tap, Danny Glover, becomes obsessed with Dr. Gordon and won't leave him alone and just assumes that he's done everything, including brainwash this character Amanda, torture these men in razor wire, inflammable situations that they could have avoided by just not touching a candle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it also suggests that um, Jigsaw is fucking with Gordon way ahead of the events of this movie, which means that he is one hell of a chess player. Am I right? No, he I is think thinking it's more 20 that moves ahead. he was a patient and just had one of, you know, can't you pick up pens in any hospital? You, you can. You're saying it's random that he just picked up a light pen because he was his patient? Yeah. No, they don't. They don't imply that. They imply that Jigsaw was, you know, that he planted always, it there? always divisive. He's always got a reason. He he sits there. He's got a tumor. He's evaluating the doctor, and he's like, "Hmm, you're immoral and cheating on your wife. So <laughs> I'm going to teach you a lesson because I am Jigsaw, and I, <laughs> and I have a high moral standard." I have to say that the idea of Jigsaw is way cooler than the actual Jigsaw ends up being. That's really? true. Oh wow! I would actually argue against that. I find the I find Tobin Bell playing Jigsaw very effective. Yeah, I like the actor they chose to play him. You, yes. mean, the al- you mean the albino from the firm? Yes, that's exactly right. 
Can we address the puppet issue? The puppet? Yeah. The like, icon the, the of pa- Saw? The paper mache puppet. Oh, yeah, the spirally-cheeked thing, yeah. The mm. Muppet, yeah. Is he is he creepy or just a Muppet? A little of both, I think. He's a creepy Muppet? I think at first he comes across as creepy. When this first came out, people were very scared of that thing. There was lots of like YouTube videos of boyfriends pranking their girlfriends with that very doll. Mm-hmm. Okay, another thing I want to talk about is, has the has the scene happened yet? where Danny Glover and his partner come and interrogate the doctor? Yes, Nathan, we are exactly right there. I want to talk about Detective Steven Singh. Do you want to talk about their detective uh, behavior? Their their professional repertoire? I want to talk about Detective Steven Singh's horrible posture. (laughs) The, The Asian partner of Danny Glover's detective. Sulu. Got it. Not Sulu. No, no. Poor man Sulu. This is not Sulu. Detective Singh. The, the actor that played Stephen <laughs> Singh is not the same guy that played Sulu in Star Trek. Not even close. Not even close. Um, he, when they come in and sit down in Mr. in Dr. Gordon's office, in Wesley's office. Thank you. Okay. Um, he's so, he like comes in and slouches in that chair to the point where he like looks like a small child. Who's just like got his shoulders scrunched up by his by his head? He just like, You're oh right. yeah, Sulu would never sit that way. He no. he comes across like he's you know supposed to be all laid back and we've got you cornered kind of thing, but it comes like it doesn't come across that way. It comes across like sit the fuck up in that chair, you lazy fucking son of a bitch. No, he's trying to be like a loof tough guy. He's like shaking his leg. He's smacking on yeah, gum. No. Doesn't doesn't come across that way. Comes De- across as poor posture. Detective Tap is doing the same thing. He's got like one leg up on his like uh, chest of drawers, looking like interrogating one of his wall certificates of education and scoffing at it. No, Tap's Tap's too old for this shit. He needs Martin Riggs. He does, but but they're they're it's very cliche. But I think that's part of what makes this raw aspect of Saw charming is because. You can almost open mouth whisper what each character is going to say as they say it. Something skeevy is going on. We're going to need you to come downtown. You can come with us. We can do this the easy way or the hard way. You know what's happening here. And it happens. They bring him downtown. And for some weird reason, they show him the statement that Amanda gives. Like, they want him to stay there. They want him to see that. Is that because they're trying to gauge his reaction to see if he's actually the killer? Or they want his medical opinion on whether or not she's brainwashed doesn't matter they're shitty detectives it becomes very clear how shitty they are very soon let's fast forward to them getting what's coming to them detective steven singh and his shitty posture is about to get fucking nailed by a shotgun pretty quick whoa not that quick pretty quick Pretty quick, yeah. There's there's a very confusing part of this movie right here where we're stuck between this flashback within flashback worlds. So we don't know if we're in present or in the past because as it turns out, Detective Tap ends up becoming this husk of a detective who's obsessed with Dr. Gordon. But between that time, we learn what made him that way, which is that while Doctor... Well, not Doctor. While Detective Singh wants to go out and have a few beers, Detective Tap is stuck watching this video that they confiscated from Amanda's abduction or rescue which is that 
it gives little clues about where this Jigsaw character is filming these tapes at. They recognize some graffiti on the wall. They recognize a fire alarm going off, which narrows them down to a certain part of this very specific warehouse. And they go out there without warrants to just fuck with this guy. They're just out there to see what's going on. And when they get out there, there's shit that's covered up in like red velvet blankets. They're going rogue. They're going going rogue. They're going rogue. They miss details. They're not that good at detectives. No one's even talking about the guy that she killed. I mean, I know that she had to make a quick decision in 60 seconds and mm. dig through his intestines and everything to get a key to save her own life. No but shit. She, fu- she fucking killed the guy. She <laughs> did. She killed the guy. What the <laughs> fuck? This fucking murder went down and it's just like, oh, victim. Oh, victim. Victim slash murderer. Like both good cop and bad cop just shrugged their yeah. shoulders and went, yeah, hey, do what you had to do. Yeah, this guy, I don't like this guy. I think they're just, you know, they just got to stick up their ass about the doctor and they don't like him. Something rubs them wrong the way about him. Just fuck it. Fuck this guy. Right. But this is all this like extravagant scenario. This is like a really big plot point in the movie that takes place. But the tone that brought us here doesn't make me feel like it's important. I don't think it was until the second or third time that I watched this movie that I realized, oh, this is a main pivotal part of the movie. Which is that here's the reason why Danny Glover is whispering in future scenes is because while they are here to investigate what's happening, they find a pig mask and some fucked up torture traps by this guy. They un- they pull the velvet blanket off of a man currently being tortured in a fucked up jigsaw device. Mm-hmm. No, just wait, just wait, <laughs> just wait. I <laughs> know. Would you be yeah. able to? Would you what's be able the- to? No. What's the purpose of that? I don't even understand. It's because they want he wants to catch whoever is doing this shit off guard. He wants to make it seem like everything's normal. So they come in, they're just doing their normal routine, and then they can come out and arrest them while they're caught off guard. But even waiting to do all that doesn't work out the way they want it to, and everything fucks up anyways. They try to capture Jigsaw. Jigsaw just sits there and waits while he makes some like ridiculously poetic soliloquy about why he's important. He ends up cutting Danny Glover's throat mm-hmm. or trachea. It's not fatal. And while he's sitting there bleeding out of his throat, Detective Singh runs down the hallway to try and capture him, ends up getting blown to death by this weird shotgun contraption, and we're done. Now we fast forward to Detective Tap. He's been let go from the force, and now he just sits in some fucked up dark apart- apartment with cutouts from the newspaper all over the walls and whispers to himself, and illegally surveils Dr. Gordon's home. That whole thing felt off to me. Yeah? Yeah, it's almost like they doubled it, you know, for financial purposes. It looked a lot like a jigsaw layer, the way that the TV was balanced on boxes or whatever the fuck it was balanced on. The walls were gross and terrible. It looked like they just said, man, fuck it, just use this... Same thing as his apartment. I think that was intentional. Aren't we supposed to think that Danny Glover is Jigsaw? If if that's true, if that's what they're doing divisively, then that's bullshit. I don't like that. It is. It's hard to go back to this movie when you know what the end twist of it is. It's hard to go back and look at it and think, what were they trying to make me think was the killer? Mm -hmm. Because they do try to think a few people. Right. They, yeah, they throw a couple of red herrings out there. Forced red herrings, though, are never, they never have the payoff that they should, you know? Because a, a true cinematic accomplishment 
will never be respected. It'll it'll always be this great financial achievement and this great franchise and all of that and great respect from the horror community. But when it comes right down to it, 48%. Critics. Hey, whatever. It's there. It's a part of the conversation. You can just say critics and toss it to the side, or you can say, yeah, yeah, if some of these things have been done differently, maybe this is a 60 or a 70 and not a 48, you know, and does that impact things? I think it does. I think it is a part of the conversation. Hey, I think what's part of the conversation is that this 48%, 84% discrepancy on Rotten Tomatoes could create a good argument for like a 2030 remake of Saw. Please, I, don't I think, pray. I, I don't think it's a remake. I think it's a reboot at this point. You oh, don't you don't remake Saw, you reboot it. That's fair enough, too. Reboot. But here's another charming moment with Detective Tap. Another one of these mm-hmm. scenes that I can see where they wanted to do ten takes but could only do two and had to take the second one. Danny Glover. Just crazy Danny Glover. What are you doing there? Waiting for the doctor. I'm waiting for the doctor too. <laughs> Love that. It's so cheap. It's so cheesy. He's just sitting there looking at shit on his walls and lamenting about the past and whispering to himself. That is like cheap textbook crazy old cop shit. I love that stuff. And we cut right back to the two of them sitting in the room. Dr. Gordon takes out his wallet to share how lovely his family is with Adam. And gives him instruction on which photographs to look at, and that there's a photograph of his of his wife underneath the child photo, which I think is very natural. Yeah, child comes first, woman comes second. Right, exactly. Lower. No, know. I think the conversation. Once, once she gives birth, down a rung. Down a rung. Down a rung on the on the ladder of importance. Mm. Yep. It's oh. quite obvious that he doesn't care about his wife or his child, really. Well, he's sleeping around. He's banging prostitutes and shit. And nor is that the point I'm trying to make, although you're very funny and manly. Actually, what I'm trying to say is that Adam and Wesley have a pretty natural conversation that leads him to find the clue that he doesn't share with Wesley. What's his actual name? Uh, In the movie, his name is Dr. Gordon. Does he have a first name? Lawrence. Lawrence. Larry. Okay. Good old Larry Lawrence. <laughs> I'll try it out. We'll see how we'll see how it feels. He instructs Adam to take his wallet to look at a photo that he loves, especially compared to the rest, from underneath his daughter's photo. But when Adam does this, it's actually a photo that's been placed there by Jigsaw that has a secret message on it. It's a hostage photo. His wife and child are being held hostage, and the message on the back uh, gives some sort of vague clue about being able to see in the dark. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, Adam chooses to hide this. Yeah, he wants to see what the X leads Dr. Gordon to or or what how that impacts his fate. Well, not- also, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, I was just going to say that Adam does not seem nearly concerned enough that Wesley's sole task is to murder him. Although I would like to chalk this um, holding back the photo to... Him trying to preserve self-preservation. Yep. Good point. Yes, we have forgotten it. They are so casual around each other. We've forgotten that, yes, the task of 
Dr. Gordon is to kill Adam by six o'clock. Does anyone else feel like all these bathroom scenes leading up to the real, you know, money shot intensity of the whole thing? That all these, all this bathroom back and forth, you know, I can easily picture this like kind of done mediocre from a theatrical perspective. Like I, I picture myself in a live theater watching two guys in a, on a, on stage. Saw the musical. In a bathroom set going back and forth. And it just feels like it's got that, you know, disconnect. Like there's, <laughs> like there's not really authenticity to the, to the dialogue and, this movie hinges so much on the events that occur in the last quarter or the last third that it's just, I don't know, something about it feels like I'm watching it from an audience chair in a, in a theater. You're, you, know? you, are, you are very on target right now. Yes, there is an aspect of Saw that seems like it's a play. Yeah, a play. Yeah, exactly. No, absolutely. It should have said play. should have said the word play. Jesus Christ. Now, would you guys, let's take a break for a second. Would you guys, I have a little montage that I've created of Carrie Elwes. Elwes? Elwes? Wesley. Wesley. I've created a montage. Yes. Of some of his beautiful overacting and underacting. Would you like to hear it in its purity? Alone? Just him? Or would you like to hear it as a mock trailer that sounds shockingly like an acceptable trailer? The ladder. The ladder, Chelsea. Nathan? Let's go ladder. All right, let's go ladder. Hello? Diana? Diana! If you so much as lay a finger on me, I'll kill you! You hear me? You son of a bitch! I'll kill you! I know it's you, you son of a bitch! Allie? Give me a tootsie. Oh, what a big tootsie. Now where's my family? Hello? Allie? Allie? Oh, for fuck's sake! I give up. (laughs) You bastard fuck! Stop the lies! You're a liar! I need to know the truth! I did not (laughs) cheat on her! Fuck this shit! I'll fucking kill you! You fucking bastard! I'll fucking kill you! You... I've done it! Now show them to me! I have to go and get help. you realize how much the saw music does for the franchise it's an epic score it is is it original it's original it was forcefully created in six weeks 
and yeah, pretty it, good. And yeah, pretty good it, for being under the wire and being forced. That's and it, pretty good. And, it, and you're right. It adds a lot. To, there's a lot in this movie that would not work without that music. And to be fair, you could probably do that to a lot of movies where you take, you know, the visuals away and the audio out of context sounds pretty ridiculous. <laughs> but I mean, in his, in I think Carrie always did a decent job, especially with the really intense. You know, because that, that, that's a tough one to ramp up the intensity to cut off your limb and all that. I think that, I thought he did that part really well. I think that's the scene that's the money scene that he did that he did do well. But there is <laughs> there is some there is some other shit that you're kind of like, eh. you know, both of them, both of them. I think the Adam guy is pretty weak actor. And just when they when they yell and spaz and stuff, it's like, man, eh, not really. You know, I'm, I'm about 60% into your intensity right now. I don't really care. All right. There's a one, two, three punch that comes in here. There is us learning how Dr. Gordon came to be in this room, which is that he went to go have an affair on his wife with that Asian um, med student that he was talking to earlier in the film. To his credit, he does not go through with it. He's too scared. He gets a weird, creepy phone call. He leaves. He gets his picture taken by somebody in the parking garage. He tries to call for help, doesn't get it, gets abducted, winds up in this room. We go back to them in the bathroom. Here's where Adam finally has to reveal how he got in there. Because he's staring at this photo that he stole from Dr. Gordon's wallet, trying to pretend like he doesn't have it, but Dr. Gordon knows that he's hiding something. Eventually he says, hey, turn the lights off. And when they turn the lights off, there is a glow-in-the-dark X that furthers the clue written on the back of the picture that there's something going on, and when Dr. Gordon breaks a, breaks apart the hollow panel underneath that X, he finds a lockbox. And what is inside of that lockbox? Cigarettes. Cigarettes. And a note. A note meant just for Dr. Gordon from Jigsaw that tells him, hey, don't forget, you still have to kill this guy, right? We forgot it already. Dr. Gordon has to kill Adam by 6 o'clock. There are cigarettes here. Adam obviously is a, is a smoker who I can empathize with. Would you have been just as eager? Uh, yeah. The second he said there was a cigarette in that box, I would have said, give it to me. Even when Wesley reminded him that you shouldn't smoke anything or put anything in this room in your mouth? Right. Yeah, I did hear that part, but I wasn't like I pulled this cigarette out of a plastic bag inside of the toilet. It was like muted. Well, it was nicely tucked away in this lockbox. <laughs> Even if there's a poison in it, I would welcome that poison at this point, wouldn't you? Mm, I feel I was like I gonna saw my own leg off earlier, so <laughs> yeah, you you were gonna cut your leg off, and you wouldn't smoke a poisonous cigarette. <laughs> I feel like there should have also been a syringe included in the lockbox. Mm. Oh, so that you could properly uh, put the poisonous blood that's on the floor, you could properly put that inside of the cigarette so that it could go unnoticed instead of soaking the fucking filtered end, saturate it with blood like you're going to actually get away with it. It's so ridiculous. I think they dramatize that so that you, the audience, understand mm. that they're picking the other cigarette yeah, no, I get the the cinematic divisiveness involved, but it it there's too much of that. When like, do you think he's like he's gonna... he's like putting on a show for the camera on the other side of the two sided mirror, just like 
Oh, I'm soaking up the blood with this cigarette. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and now, turn off the lights. Psst, go along with my plan. How about his death, though? Adam's death is money. It's Oscar. Oh, it is definitely money. Uh, I think I might have captured that. Would you guys like to hear it? Would I? Oh, Tootsie. <laughs> oh, just like a cartoon. <laughs> Death rattle. But in this scenario we're talking about, you know, would you do this or would you do that? I would have just dipped the cigarette in the poisonous blood and not told Adam a goddamn thing and just thrown him the cigarette. I would have used the syringe from the lockbox to put the blood deeper into the nicotine shavings. There's no syringe in there. I'm saying there should have been. Oh, okay. Yeah, but in what world did he have enough time to secretly extract poison from Mm. the ground? Well, that's where you use the whole lights off business as a way to poison the cigarette and not to... You know, toss him a secret. So you guys message. are both saying that you would murder this guy. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. If you didn't have to use a gun, which by the way, he never even considers using a gun, even though he's given a bullet. Yeah, he has the bullet the whole time. He can yeah. easily reach that. That gun is closer to him than it is to Adam. Mm-hmm. It is there for the taking. Uh, he doesn't. He has the opportunity from this note given to him in the box to use the poison, which he tries to. They use it in this stupid trick that does not work. Because mm-hmm. the person watching them doesn't fall for it because they can see them pu- pull off this whole trick. Yeah, it was pretty hokey. Right. But we learned two things here. Two things. One, we learned how Adam got here. Adam was hired to take pictures of Dr. Gordon by someone. And while he was going home to his apartment to develop the pictures that he was secretly taking of Dr. Gordon, he falls asleep. He wakes up. His power is out. He uses his camera in what some might consider a relatively tense scene of having to use his camera flash to see what is happening in his apartment. Adam gets abducted from his apartment by someone in a pig mask that lurches out to him from his closet. And that's how he ends up in this cell. And two, we learn that the person watching them, who was watching them under surveillance, we learn that there is more than just jigsaw involved in this scheme there is someone else involved it is not jigsaw watching them on the camera it is someone else and that person is zep but you think zep is jigsaw you're supposed to think it and then when he pulls the tape recorder out of his pocket shock mm-hmm. panic what yeah the fuck? first first time through you have to remember you don't know that jigsaw is lying on the floor so good you're 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 being tossed around like a pinball between Danny Glover being the killer and mm-hmm. the Zep guy being the killer and you're you're not really Oh, you're, you're right. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Yeah, you're very right. Yeah, I am being uh I don't know, post-watch bias. By it's re- a much different experience rewatching the movie because you know you know he's on the floor. And even, Jake even, Saw's a legacy. Even years later, because I haven't seen Saw for years, and even years later, I remember that he's on the floor. I remember that part. I don't remember anything else, but I remember <laughs> that part. So it affects your rewatch. Do you remember what else is inside of that box that is very, very important to the rest of the Sur- movie? The syringe. Not the syringe. <laughs> there is no syringe. 
in this box, but there is a cell phone. Right. That's right. Mysteriously cannot make outgoing calls, but can take incoming calls, which is where we find out uh, that Dr. Gordon's wife and daughter are being held captive by someone. I'm actually scared now to say by who, in case I don't know who I'm supposed to know and who I'm supposed to not know. (laughs) I think that's the last twist. Right. And they're having their own debacle. Nathan, do you recognize the wife as a person, main character in Parenthood? Christina Braverman. Yes. Um, Does anyone ask the question, where is Jigsaw getting all this money? Do they ever explain how he has the funds and resources to just wander around and fuck with people? Or that he went from, like, house husband to metalsmith (laughs) or engineer or anything, really. He is making elaborate traps in his spare time. In a grungy, filthy warehouse. So it's not like he's rich. I wouldn't. So you're saying he's finding abandoned properties and just, you know, he's a bit more creative than the average Joe. Tyler Durden style. Yeah, and let's not forget, he he knows how long he has to live, so he is, you know, reckless. Mm-hmm. He's spending... Highly motivated. Exactly. I'm fully behind it. I don't know why I keep questioning his character. Eh, I don't know. The whole cell phone thing. Just outgoing calls. No incoming calls. Yes, that's not a, that's not a feature. No, it's not a thing, but if we're going to overlook things in the beginning of this movie, might as well overlook that. And here's where the benefit of Danny Glover, who is this obsessed ex-detective, got his trachea cut open, now has a scar person. He's just sitting here watching doctors, Dr. Gordon's apartment at all times of the day, I guess. So because he's crazy, we have the benefit of him knowing that there is someone else inside of Dr. Gordon's apartment holding his wife and child hostage. Mm-hmm. I really love that scene where Adam is freaking out and can't remember anything about the guy, can't remember anything, is panicked, and then all of a sudden he describes Danny Glover perfectly down to the scar on his neck. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what he looks like. I don't know. He's he's a big black guy with a a scar on his neck. Oh, detective detective tap. (laughs) So in the mix of all of this shit, we have Dr. Gordon's wife and child trying to escape from their bindings because they're being held by this character who was also watching Dr. Gordon and Adam in this elaborate bathroom scenario. We see the the digital clock. It reaches 6 o'clock. Adam and Dr. Gordon realize in the bathroom that it's 6 o'clock, which means now is time for Dr. Gordon's wife and child to die. That's the only acceptable conclusion that's been the consequence of this entire movie up until now. So the person watching them does that, gets a gun, goes to kill them. Doesn't know in the meantime that they've been working themselves out of their bindings and that a fight is going to ensue mid-call on the cell phone to (laughs) Dr. Gordon. Allie? (laughs) Allie? Hello? Hello? Diana? Diana? Diana! Oh, (laughs) it's, it's so brutal. And because it's slightly overacted or majorly overacted, it's hilarious. Because His eyes change. In the scene, his eyes, like, become wider and turn into this, like, puppy dog, like, wounded, just desperate. Allie? Allie? He does. And he he does it, like, mid... He will break character to cut back into that overly sincere dad character. Mm-hmm. He'll be threatening Jigsaw and then immediately go wide-eyed and glossy and go, Allie? Diana? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, wasn't thinking about them when he was uh, paying for pussy. <laughs> huh? Huh? Getting that med student pussy. And yeah. he does one of the biggest movie tropes ever, which to this day, I didn't understand it as a kid, and I still don't understand it. Who drags their fingers across the face of the photo of someone they love? Who every does day. that? I do that every day, Daniel. Do you pick up a frame photo of Nathan and drag your two fingers across the frame while you weep? It's Edward Norton, but close. <laughs> Edward Norton. I feel like you have another one in there, too. I do that to Chelsea's face in real life. <laughs> like in Face Off? You just Open. Dra- drag yeah. your hand across her yeah. nose? Yeah, middle finger down, <laughs> s- symmetrically across. While he openly weeps. Yeah. Yeah. It's really weird, but I accept it. So Detective Tap, he's across his apartment. He hears gunshots going off, which are the gunshots that are happening because of the struggle between Dr. Gordon's wife, who has now unbound herself and is attacking Zepp. He goes over to join in the struggle. Um, The phone is still on this entire time, so Dr. Gordon can hear everything, screams and gunshots. He (laughs) assumes everyone is dead or dying painfully. He just starts to lose it. Oh, big time. Perfect. And he doesn't trust Adam anymore because Adam has been hiding the fact that he has photos in the bathtub of photos that he took of Dr. Gordon because of his little secret side mission. They get in this whole argument about who hired them, and they've been in this room the whole time, and why wouldn't he just fucking tell them? He shows them the photo of his wife and child being held hostage, and he freaks out. Um, So much shit all coming into conclusion all at once, until finally... When the he fo- saws off his leg. Yes, thank you, Chelsea. He <laughs> saws off his leg. He saws off Finally. his leg. Finally. You've been waiting this whole movie. You know from the trailer this whole movie's premise is that some dude is going to saw his leg off. Fuck yeah. And here it is. The phone is just out of reach. He can't get to it. Can't tell if his wife and child are alive or dead. And he has no other option left. He has to cut his leg off. <laughs> It's the buildup, though. He does it well. It's like yeah. he loses, he loses it, he disconnects. Adrenaline. Yeah, he just, he just you know, he's like, ah, ah. he's like pumping himself up to do it with his rage and with his, with his emotional overload. And you're just like, oh my god. And then when, when he breaks skin and the blood, you know, sat like fills around the blade, you're just, oh Jesus Christ! Like it just, it, it, it hits home what he's doing. And then they go to Adam's reaction and just the whole thing just, oh, my God. It like comes this, together the, against the, all odds. The dissemination just, like, just hurdles itself across the entire movie. And you, you if you hadn't bought in at this point, you you did at this, at this moment. Yes, this part nails it. He freaks. This is where all that overacting, screaming finally comes to fruition. And even... When they show him after the fact, and he's cartoonishly pale because of blood loss, even though it's cartoonish, you're still sort of shocked. Is it just me? Yeah. No, I think I think <laughs> you spend this whole scene kind of in disbelief that it it's actually going down. It's such a huge decision to make that now all the ramifications of that decision haven't really been weighed by you as an audience member because you didn't think or consider that he would actually go through with it. And now that he has, you know, okay, blood loss and all these, you know, ramifications. And even his face, like, looks way more gaunt, like, discolored. They did a good job of making him look like he's, you know, 
suffering serious blood loss and serious blood loss. <laughs> uh, yeah, I know his face looks like gross, like discolored and yellow you know, under the eyes and stuff. Like he looks. I actually tried to Google how long it would take to saw off your own leg. What'd you find? I'm dismayed to say nothing. What? Google had no answer to this question. That is horseshit. I know. I looked. I, I searched. Yeah. Well, we've already sort of gotten into it a little bit. Let's say you saw three in about 15, maybe 20 seconds before the pain the of what you're doing registers. You hit right. bone. Bone is where you like hit that elect- oh. electrocution moment where you're like, fuck, I'm going to pass <laughs> out. But that's that's the part where you have to break the bone. And then, you, you're, then, right. then you're just dangling by flesh. You can either tear that or saw through the rest. I'm sure at that point, it's like nothing. You're just cackling with laughter. That strategy is great, but what if you chose to saw through it? Ooh, just go. Like Wesley. Where you just hear like nails on a chalkboard sounds like. Yeah. How long do you actually think? Like 15 minutes? I don't know. Five minutes? Half an hour? Have How you... long are you sawing through your own flesh? And what if Jigsaw accidentally... You know, in his excitement over the limb being sawed off, what if he accidentally hit the electrocution? <laughs> That's like a pun. Mid, mid saw, you know, just vupa, vupa. Ah, ah, you know, he's just, his rage is so intense. He's like, oh fuck it, just just keeps going through the electrocution. Just ah. oh, that, yeah, that that would be another cheating moment. I would say, Chelsea, have you ever tried to saw with like a doll's hacksaw through a dense piece of wood? Like, you're going along, you're sawing back and forth, everything feels good like it should, and then all of a sudden the blade catches in a dense piece of wood it can't go through. Hey, and it, Daniel, and it jerks what are you, what are you your doing? whole arm forward. Daniel, what are you doing? I feel, like, I feel like that would happen with your bone. Daniel, what are you doing? I contemplate my own death on a regular basis. Who doesn't? And this is the kind of shit I think about. It's important. Daniel, Daniel what are you doing? It's important. You know when you get halfway through that bone, no. it's going to catch on a no. dull part of the blade. No, no, I'm asking you what you're doing. You're, <laughs> you're repeating yourself to drive it home, and I don't want this driven home. Yes. This is what Saw's all about. Okay, let's talk about a perfect example of using creativity to get around a low budget. Because of the money that we've already discussed must have gone to the actors involved. Because so little was left over for actual scene work, they had zero money for any exterior shots whatsoever. That includes this mock car chase scene between Detective Tap and Zep. Do you know what I'm talking about? I don't know who either of those characters are. Zep is the orderly from the hospital who's watching them. He tried to kill the wife and daughter, couldn't do it, tried to run away because Detective Tap, Danny Glover, ran in and interrupted everything. Yeah, Finch. The two of them Finch are Finch from Person of Interest. Right. Exactly. He is from Person of Interest. You're actually you're very right. The two of them are in separate cars chasing each other towards the warehouse where the other two characters are being held. And this entire chase scene, they had no money to film cars actually moving. <laughs> <laughs> so they filled they parked the cars behind each other, filled a parking garage with smoke from a fog machine and physically shook the cars back and forth and then just filmed the scene in fast forward with jerky edits to make it seem like they were moving. And all it is is just a bunch of assholes sitting in a park garage moving cars back and forth with the fog machine. 
Hey, it wasn't memorable because it wasn't memorable because I don't remember the car scene at all. Which means it worked. Which means that that's all you need to be passable to not register is a success. They're just like, let's do a quick little car chase, like thirty seconds, boom, new destination, done. <laughs> How long did it last? It couldn't last it very long because we didn't even notice it. Uh, no, it didn't last very long. They arrive. They have a little shootout scene in the hallway on their way. Uh, Zep and Detective Tap end up fighting where Zep eventually shoots Tap in the chest with a gun. Tap dies. Zap goes and opens the door where the two men are being held. Um, what a shitty outcome for Tap. Yeah, what a... <laughs> yeah, for Tap. He's he does just, nothing. Like, obsessed. He's going to get him, you know. It's very driven... But he's not doing a sequel. That's for damn sure. Well, I mean, he gave up his. He lost his job. He lost his partner. He had everything invested in this. Chases him down. He's. He, you feel like he's gonna win. You feel like he's gonna get him and save everybody. And he fucking just dies. Just Perfect. dies. Yeah. You could erase him from the plot, and it would have zero consequence, probably. Yep. Could have paid anybody for that. But Zep comes in interrupts everything i actually like the look on zeb's face when he opens the door he's like oh fuck he did it <laughs> <laughs> yeah i caught that he's like oh shit he cut his own leg off oh i didn't think he had it in him which i don't know if you have any clarification on this but would he have been able to open the door if he cut his own leg off earlier probably that really puts a wrench in my plans yeah he probably wouldn't have he probably would have crawled to the door had a couple of like poetic conversations with Adam along the way, and then realized he couldn't open it and just died. <laughs> There's no no tootsies anymore. They'll sew that shit oh, back on. I've seen enough. Yeah, he doesn't do this anyways. Uh, Zep comes in, checks Adam because in in this time, Doctor Gordon has fulfilled his part of the obligation after the fact. Mm. He's finally killed Adam. He freaks out about how he's done it. Can he have his family back now? But it's too late. He doesn't even know about this whole fucking chase scene that's been happening outside of this outside of this room. Zep arrives, checks to make sure that Adam is dead, seems to think that Adam is dead, and then decides wait. to go ahead and kill Dr. Gordon. Wait, they were safe already? You mean I cut off my foot and they were... They, they got away? <laughs> For no reason! I, got, I mean, I got my foot... <laughs> <laughs> tootsie. <sighs> oh, what a big tootsie. Oh, for fuck's sake! I give up. <laughs> for fuck's sake. That's what it is right there. If he, yeah, if he had just turned that <laughs> jewelry box upside down and used it to hook that phone in, he could have figured out that his family was okay and that cutting his foot off was unnecessary. But he's done was it. Was it, though? Are we in agreement? I still, I still feel he could have used a syringe. There's no syringe, Nathan. True. Because True. that fucking guy came into the room with the intention to murder some people. Oh yeah, but only but because everything else off. was fucked up. But again, we didn't know what's going on with Zep until Adam involves himself and saves the day and discovers the uh, tape recorder player in Zep's pocket. After bludgeoning him with the toilet seat lid. Oh, oh I have I have to take issue. Yes. Wait, before you take issue, yes. Bludgeoning him to death. 
Zep thinks Adam is dead. He's going to go ahead and fulfill what he considers the last part of his obligation, which is to kill Dr. Gordon. And while he's doing that, Adam wakes up, pulls him down, and kills him with the toilet lid. Bludgeons him to death. Another arguably... Porcelain lid, Daniel. Yes, brutal. Porcelain lid. I have had some experience with porcelain lids. Porcelain is like diamond sharp. He smokes that guy. Oh yeah, he's dead for sure. And that lid is breaking the first time he hits that guy in the head like that. Not not the third or fourth time. No, and then sawing his skull apart because broken porcelain is like diamond sharp. Yeah, no, that's that's true too. But I'm just saying that I was like, ah, it's. I mean, it did break eventually, so I had to concede. Mm-hmm. But the first couple of smokes, I was like, man, it's bullshit. That porcelain would have been fucking. I don't know broken. though. What if he didn't? If he didn't hit him in the middle of it, like if he wasn't smoking him in the head in the direct center of that lid, mm-hmm. then the force may not have been enough to break it. I don't think that if you're going to take issue with anything, that's not the thing. Mm. Yeah, you're right. What well, does it matter? You're right. No, he could have no, used the syringe to stab him in the <laughs> There's no syringe, Nathan. Nathan. What? Nathan, okay. come on. What are you doing? No syringe. <laughs> <laughs> no, the, well, yeah, well, in my version of Saw, there's a syringe. You are, in fact, a drug addict. <laughs> <laughs> but we're here. We are here. Nathan, Chelsea, mm-hmm. we are here. This is the defining moment of this film. Zepp is dead. Adam is freaking out. Dr. Gordon has crawled his amputated way out of the room. And all Adam is left to do is search Zepp's pockets to figure out what the fuck is happening for some keys, for something. Instead, he finds a tape recorder and realizes that Zepp is not, in fact, the killer. He is someone who is also entangled in Jigsaw's fucked up game. And this is, despite everything else you might think about this film, this moment is a great moment. When you see him slowly look as the body that's been dead this entire time rises from the middle of the room, the character that you've dismissed as a bad actor actually reacts appropriately to what's happening. The reveal. The reveal. This man, this previous patient of Dr. Gordon is in fact the serial killer, the Jigsaw, rises from the room and Grab peels. The syringe. No syringe! <laughs> <laughs> peels the makeup off of his head. Electrocutes Adam before he can discharge the gun that he's found on Zep and slowly leaves the room, entombing Adam to death. Game over. Game over. It's good. The music works great. The concept works great. The cinematography is great. All of it. I love all of the end of this movie. Yep, no, we'll get an argument from me. Last uh, 15 minutes are pretty... Pretty pivotal to the success of the entire franchise. And the shot of the syringe as well. Mm-hmm. The, the pan. Stop the lies! You're a liar! <laughs> I need to know the truth! 
You're liars. You are despicable little liars. And you are the biggest liar of all. Penis. <laughs> Chelsea? There's this great, actually in Saw 2, I think, if I'm correct, there's this great scene where the key is behind the guy's eye. He's got to dig out his own eye to get the key in a specific amount of time. That's pretty f- fucking awful. Jesus Christ. Yeah. From here on out, the Saw movies become very torture pornish. But yeah. the thing that differentiates Saw from a lot of torture porn, a lot of the torture porn genre, is that it feels like it has purpose. They're not just... Well, the game, man- the game shit, you know. And it, Saw can hide behind that, you know, Which let's, is let's what play makes a game it. thing the whole time. That's, that's what makes it yeah. a successful franchise, is that you can keep churning it out and people will keep coming 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 yes. They will keep coming And not only, not only is it this that gives the franchise life, it is this moral righteousness, this extenuation of you don't deserve what you have, so I'll make you fight for it so you respect it more. That is very universal, and that is something that can be carried over from one person to the next. So you don't even need Jigsaw for the remainder of the series to continue. But I feel like, from memory, they keep him around for a lot longer than you'd expect. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, and that ends up being the weakest part of the movies is their subplots trying to explain why it's still possible. I would say that from an outsider perspective, the main experience I had with Saw was looking forward to the poster of what the next Saw was going to be. Because it always did something very creative with its poster. Saw oh, like 3 is great. Two bony fingers or three bony fingers? <laughs> Maybe four bony fingers? No, Saw 3's got one variation where it's like a mouth with three teeth, like a totally destroyed... Yes, that's correct. Yes. That's my favorite. I also saw a great... I love that they came out on Halloween or around Halloween every year. Yeah, yeah. This this franchise might have the steadiest, most consistent schedule release of any horror franchise. They put out seven movies in like nine or ten years. Yeah, it was pretty consistent. And I love tradition. And I love... The fact that Freddy and Jason both have long-standing franchises, I think that's what makes horror. So to be a part of one, I was super excited. Yeah, Chelsea, it. this is your Freddy and your Jason. It's, yeah. Nathan. Yeah, it holds a special place in my heart. Exactly. You can see literally a generation rising up with a horror icon. And in that instant, it is Jigsaw. can only mean one thing it is time to spin for next time what are we gonna get i'm all alone over here i'm just gonna go ahead and crank it up category is sequels and remakes you will be watching what are we watching i want to take a second here 
We get to choose, right? No, no, we don't get to choose. But Nathan, Nathan, we don't get to choose. But I want you to think very hard. How many possible sequels and or remakes are there based on what we have already done on the? Okay, one... wait, 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 wait. Okay. Well, obviously, Saw Saw, Saw Two is on the table. Obviously, that's Wicker Man. That is Wicker one. Man remake is on the table. Two. What else have you done? Oh my goodness! You have two. Just, Do you no, want to no, know no, how no, many no, are no, left? No, 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 no. Yeah, how many are left? Stay with me. You have two. Seven are left. Oh shit! Oh my god! Okay, Night of the Demons remake three. Okay, I'm just uh, I'm thinking here. We're just thinking. We're just thinking. We're thinking. We're contemplating. We're thinking. We're scrolling through the 100 lunatics website. We're absolutely <laughs> not doing that. that how about Carrie? Uh, Carrie, yes, Carrie remake, yes. Carrie, Carrie sequel four. Does Carrie sequel rage. Carrie the rage. Rage yes. car- rage colon <laughs> Carrie two. Yeah. Leprechaun two five. Four more. Oh my god, this is getting worse. Blair Witch Project two six. Think back, oh way back, god. Nathan. Back before oh. we started spinning. Back oh. before we started spinning, that's that's the on the Freddy table. Freddie and Jason. Freddie, no, we seven and eight. Freddie no, and we... Jason remakes. Yeah. All right, those are on the table. Mm-hmm. The Nightmare on Elm Street remake and the Freddie, or sorry, the 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 Friday the Thirteenth remake. Holy shit! Yeah, those are still on the table. Oh wow! There's that's only there's only one more possibility, and you might not get mm. it. You might not even know that it is a sequel. Is there a sequel to Stitches or Slither? No Slither or Stitches sequel. All right, lay it on us, Daniel. Henry 2. There's a Henry 2? There is. Made 20 years later. Does the horror genre have no shame? No shame. Nothing is sacred. Okay, what is... Okay, so how does this work? You spin again and it lands on the sequel? Oh, no. We're going to find out right now. Leprechaun 2. <laughs> Leprechaun 2. Nathan? Nathan? <laughs> Leprechaun 2, Nathan. It's the wheel. We have no choice. I think you do have a choice. <laughs> okay. No, we will subject ourselves to it and we will uh, we will see what we see. Fair is it, fair. Uh, it remains to be seen whether Chelsea or Andrew will be subjecting themselves. Absolutely not. To Ooh, who to. wants the burden? You're tagging out? I love a good sequel, but I've never been able to get behind the Leprechaun franchise. <laughs> help! Help! It's happening! The attack is on O'Grady Farm! Uh, send help! The, the Leprechaun is attacking! I'm not scared of leprechauns. Me either. I'm scared of grudge monsters. You're not supposed to be. You're supposed to love the leprechaun. I am? Yeah, you're behind him. Okay. I will inform Andrew that he is on board for Leprechaun 2. Tell him he has to watch the first one. I don't. I will not force him to watch the first one. Nathan, come on. What are you doing? That's the first one. That's from the first one. That's Jennifer Aniston in Leprechaun. <gasps> Jennifer Aniston's in Leprechaun? Debut yes. performance. Not in Leprechaun 2, though. Leprechaun oh. 2 does not have no, Jennifer no, no, Aniston. No, of course not. But it gave birth to Aniston, like horror always does. 
And uh, I want to pay tribute here tonight to Saw, the beginning of a very large franchise. It did an excellent job. Um, also, Jigsaw. He has such a passion for life. He does. You know? He re- he has a message. Yeah. He, feel- he has such a passion for life that he feels those who do not appreciate life enough must run the gauntlet and be tortured and forced to kill themselves. And I'll take the first step. I said I was at a good rating when I started. I stand by that's, that. I am still a, at a good a, rating. That's a two. You started at a two, and you're staying at a two. Right? Right. Right. Um, I'm going to say that I started at a one, which is barely, and I was going to stay at a one. Oh, for fuck's sake! I give up! But after listening to Daniel's montage trailer with the music and all of Carrie Elwes's comments, I think it's quite clear to me that not only has this movie slid to zero, it has surpassed zero to a negative one. What? This saw Holy is barely shit. bad. Oh! Barely. It has fallen from a one to a negative one. It is a barely bad movie. Uh, there is some serious hokey shit going down for, I would say, 85% of this. 15% of this movie could actually be deemed a two, in my opinion, but the other 85% is definitely on the negative scale with a lot of that dialogue and silliness that Daniel demonstrated to us tonight with those montages. So I'm going to say that just to be fair, with the 85% weight impacting it, it has slid two grades down to a minus one. It's okay. He doesn't quite understand the scale yet. It's quite clear. A barely bad. Oh, unprecedented. (sighs) Oh, what a big tootsie. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, that and there's no syringe, so. Oh, no syringe. Definitely minus one. Horrifying. Chelsea, same or changed? Uh, You're going from two to one. I'm going from two to one. Oof. And it's just because I think it could. Because uh, it made you fondly remember the sequels, which are the reason why you really like Saw. Just, just the fact that it needs to exist for the sequels to exist. It can't be a zero. But I skip it when I marathon Saw. So it has a place. It needs to exist, but barely. Hmm. So Oof. Daniel's the only one that's... Started at two, stayed at two, felt no impact from this conversation. Zero impact from this debate. Daniel, what what say you? You're right. I started at two. Good. I stay at two. Good. Some might consider this a great. It's not. It has holes. It has clever ways of covering up that it is a two, trying to make itself a three, but I see through it. It is a two. It's good. It needs to be here. In that same vein as Chelsea, I'm there with you. This needs to exist so that the rest of them can exist. It's that last 15 minutes. It's that good. That sparked the franchise. It was a blast. We really saw saw tonight. Really saw saw. Yeah. Really saw. So the movie saw. Could have done with a syringe. You can be the one who put me in this room. I'm gonna kill your husband now, Mrs. Gordon. Waiting for the doctor. 
for fuck's sake! I give up. Oh, what a big tootsie. Stop the lie! <laughs> You're a liar! I need to know the truth! You are, in fact, a drug addict. I think that the ultimate Saw scenario for me would be similar to what Amanda experienced, except uh, the key would be buried inside of your own guts, and you would have to dig it out of yourself to unlock the device. <laughs> that would be the that would be the twist. Oh, would, Nathan, that is a dark sur- situation. Yeah, that would <laughs> surrender me to ultimate dis- just dismay. Where you you woke up and your and the, the video was like. You, I made you swallow this key six hours ago, and you had to. Yeah, and there was just a scalpel. Yeah, you have to dig into your own body. Oh. To get it out. Yeah. Oh, that's a good. Uh, one. That's uh, a. That's a good uh. one. All right. Uh, go on a journey with me. Close up camera on my face. I jar awake, disoriented. Try to stand. Cannot because both of my Achilles tendons have been severed. <laughs> frantic this is a big issue for me tendons especially my achilles tendons as daniel and nathan both know are a big trigger for me they're strung so tight oh daniel (laughs) and the concept would be that i have to traverse a maze Full of all sorts of terrible, like glass, uh, used heroin needles, you know, the uh, whole saw. Syringes. Here you go, Nathan. Syringes. Here's the syringes. The yeah. whole buffet of saw torture, <laughs> pokey devices. Chelsea, have you seen Saw 2? Absolutely. Okay. so that we I've know. seen them all, Daniel. So, so, so then we know. We know. We know all about the dirty syringes. In a specific time frame or else... The maze shuts, and I'm trapped forever with my disgusting Achilles tendon syringes to <laughs> perish. <laughs> and of course, at the end, I would be screaming up to the heavens, and the camera would do that fast zoom out, but bird's the, eye view. The The major factor here is that with the Achilles tendon severed, she can't walk out of the maze. She has to crawl Anyone who's seen the hostel knows this. The glass and syringes to get out of the maze so it's you know being poked in the hands with the dirty syringes being poked with the glass the 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 achilles is where it all starts for chelsea she refuses to watch specific movies because she's discovered through through daniel and i that achilles tendons have been severed oh yeah pet cemetery murder in the first yeah i heard that you tried to trick me into watching that daniel and i haven't forgiven you yet um, wouldn't it then be in your scenario that you had like loop, like loops that were strung around your Achilles tendons that were connected to chains to where if you didn't, ac- to where if you didn't accomplish a certain task, they would tear out. You took it, you took it to a level that has, that has frozen her. <laughs> or to get, to even begin to get out of the maze, 
I would have to sever my own Achilles oh tendons. Oh my god! Yes. To even begin my journey. Mm. Or, yeah, to even begin, or that would just be the easy way out. If you just like tore them out, it'd be no problem. You'd be done. But they're connected to your Achilles tendons, and you have to crawl around trying to finish something as they like slowly like wind against the wheel and tighten up until they eventually jerk and tear out of your. <laughs> <laughs> This is the only acceptable moment that you will ever be able to do this to her. <laughs> Daniel, there, it's supposed to be fun. There is no, no, seriously, you can never do this again. This it's, is the only time. It's okay. I haven't given myself any uh, special treatment. Hey, I'm not, I'm not doing anything. I'm just sitting waiting to die in my chair with the scalpel <laughs> in my hand. So all is well. <laughs> for, is it? For me, it would be a two-part psychological torture. That I would be boated out, blindfolded to the middle of the ocean, and dr- and dunked into the middle of the wide open ocean next to a obviously active whale pod. Water. Water. Has Saw ever done anything of this nature? No, no. D- d- All right. Okay. Just the way that you elaborated on Chelsea's scenario, I'm going to elaborate on yours. What is going to happen is you're going to black out. And you're going to wake up in ultimate darkness. You're going to have something tied around your feet. Okay? One leg. It's going to be tied around one leg with a weight that is counterbalanced just enough. Just enough to make sure that you have to tread water to keep your head above the surface. Ah. You're in the dark. You cannot tell what's going on around you. You don't know if you're in a pool or open water or anything. Okay, you have a rope that's tied to your leg that not only forces you to tread water to keep your head above the surface, but also limits your range of motion. You can only move like five to ten feet in any direction. At the same time, there are things. You don't know what they are, but they are passing by you. Ah, no, that's the worst part. And they are rubbing against you and touching you Uh, and and nipping at you. Where's the blood? And you have no, there, there is no way out. Oh, just, just just curious nipping. Mm-hmm. They don't mean to kill you, but they are slowly. Oh God, they don't know. They don't know what they're doing. <laughs> See, that's that's more punishment. But what's the what's the angle? What's your mission? There's something in the water. There's something in the water too. A key. The key is in no, the water. No, no, no. no. Where's yeah, the okay. key? All right. Yeah. There, there's a lock on your on your leg. Yeah. It's attached to the counterweight. And and you have to try and unlock the lock while treading water, which means you have to dunk your head into the water to try and get leverage to do something with the lock. And um, yeah, the the key is tied around one of the animals oh, that is, no, that is no, rubbing no. against you. No, and I am. I am. You. I am rapidly drinking water. Too, it's water. Not pure water. It's like acidic. So like every time that you they nip it's at you, it's full of heroin needles. No. <laughs> Every time that they nip at you and create an open wound, the acidity in the water goes into your wound and stings. Well, that's pretty good. I'm taking it. It doesn't matter. I'm too terrified. I'm either dying of shock. <laughs> I'm either dying of shock or I'm actively drinking water to try and drown. And the acidity in the water is increasing as the timer continues. Nope. Nope. Let's <sighs> play a game in the water. No, can't. You're, you're naked too. They're nipping at your genitals. No, they're not nipping. No nipping. There's no. There's, there's no nipping. 